You are listening to Between Two Consultants, Logic 2020's original business and technology podcast. I'm Nick Kelly. And I'm Ethan Silvers. We're two consultants who talk to super smart people about the latest trends in technology and business. Today on Two Consultants, we have a very, very exciting topic, enterprise user experience. And I can't wait for Nick to share his experience and all the ways that he has made user experience more acceptable for the enterprises. Let me start with this, Mr. Nicholas. How would you define enterprise user experience or in short, enterprise UX? Our EUX, if you want to take it up to the next level, an improved yeah. user experience of that yeah. term. I like it. I like it even better. Or EUX. Yeah, with a dash in there. Yeah. It's, it's a good pause. So what I think it is, it's the how easy it is to use different interfaces in the enterprise as distinct to interfaces people would interact with on a daily basis in their consumer experience. So it was really focused on how easy is it to get tasks done using the various tools and interfaces people have when they're doing their day-to-day work. Hmm. Very succinct definition. Is there anything else you'd like to say on it or that's good? That's the entire definition of enterprise user experience. You just summed it up in 12 seconds. Yeah, you know what? I think we're good. Um, Nick, why would you say that it is important enterprise user experience? I would... If you'd asked me that maybe 15 years ago, uh, my my answer would be very different. Right now, it is people at at its most extreme example. People may not perform their job function if the user experience of the interfaces that they're they're engaging with are really bad. And let me give an example of that. Time entry. Some people have to do it as part of their job. And if the experience is really, really bad. So imagine it takes just a long time to do that they're less likely to do it. Unless, of course, the the penalty for not doing it is is greater than the pain of the negative user experience of working with that interface. So over the years, it's gotten where it was like maybe acceptable to have poor user experience in some of their their tools and interfaces. Now it's become more of an issue uh, related to people's job function and execution of their job function. So we really have to nail the user experience. And it gets even more magnified because People are coming from a really good consumer user experience. And they're coming into the enterprise, which, which is years behind, depending on the, the area, but it can be far behind. And so that gulf becomes very obvious, especially these days when people are working remotely, where they can just look down at their phone and already be having a consumer-grade user experience. And then they're back on their computer and their desktop using whatever the tools are. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can be a stark contrast. So that's that's like the... The, the importance of why we have to focus on it. Yeah, that reminds me, if, if you'd permit, Nick, I'd like to share an example. Would that be okay? No. Okay. So the example is about uh, 10 years ago or so, um, you know, and I think I was, I don't know, 10 years ago, it's like 18, 19, and I was doing a consulting thing um, and the client uh, was using a CRM platform and sales needed to input their information and they weren't and there were a variety of reasons but one of the reasons was just out of the box it was in the way that it was implemented it was clear that it had been um, implemented by a developer and the sales team basically had a really hard time using that and so we went in and we helped redesign it 
so that the sales team would be more intuitive. And for a sales team, it's especially important because so much is run off of the metrics that come off from that CRM platform. So if it hadn't been resolved, the sales team basically would have continued to reject using it and and there would have been uh, un untold <laughs> untold problems uh, up the supply chain. Um, let's talk about the progress that has been made, Nick, um, from where it started, and, uh, from where uh, enterprise user experience started to where it is today. Well, I think I think I, I, I want to tee off from what you just said as as a way of explaining that journey. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty good example. Pretty good example that I got. Uh, I was hoping for better. I mean, it's pretty average. Okay. Let's say, look, I teen off that um, pretty basic, uh, unexciting, frankly, story that you gave. Left me wanting um, a better user experience of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that in. You mentioned part of the reason why the user experience might not be great. It's the developer who, let's say, put together that CRM system or, or initially configured it. And of course, they have their own priorities, their own education, their own background. Their emphasis is on making sure it works. Their emphasis isn't on making the user experience good, even if they knew how to do that. It's not their job function, but most of them don't. And so that's what that's What's a large uh, cause of a lot of the poor user experiences? An engineer is tasked with building an interface. They don't have the training and background to do it. So we end up with an engineer's perspective on what is a good user experience, which by and large is lots of features. Put in lots of features on the interface. And a great example of this back in the day was, you know, you remember the old Netscape experience, maybe even some of the um, old search engines. It was mostly like categories. You would see just loads of categories for you to perform your search. Mm -hmm. And then Google came along, just super simple. One search, one search bar, but deep complexity of the system behind it. And all of that was obscured from the user. The user experience was really good. It was positive and it was fast. And for the more advanced technical user, they could still query the search engine at a level of detail that they wanted. But all of that got abstracted from the regular user. And so when the software world started implementing this, um, it started to catch on, of course, in the enterprise. And the enterprise started mimicking this in certain areas. So we can see in, in, in some aspects, let's say take chat in the enterprise. That's come a very long way. And if you look at the Microsoft stack, maybe back, back then it used to be maybe Yammer. And, and now you look at how that's evolved and it's Teams, and that's more of a modern user experience. But it hasn't happened in all cases. That journey hasn't happened across the board in, let's say, analytics where we're still struggling to get people adopting and using data and to make their decisions. So there's still still some work to be done, but in other aspects, it's come a long way. Wow, that was very long-winded. Um, but informative. Uh, you know, it's interesting you brought up uh, Netscape in the beginning because um, Nick, I, I think as you know, um, they have just been beating down our door recently to sponsor between two consultants. Um, and so right now we're not expecting we're not we're not accepting sponsorship. Uh, Blockbuster was the reason I had to put up security cameras at the front uh, just to to head them off. And I actually put them down the street so I can see them come in and you know just try and uh, send the kids out to to tell them the wrong way. Um, yeah. yeah it, 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 one thing I never expected was 
for this show to take off the way it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and honestly, probably producer Courtney spends most of her time dealing with this. Um, mm-hmm. Courtney, can you give any thoughts on you know, how you manage the the sponsors and, and basically the floodgates there? Yeah, well, most people think I haven't left my house this past year because of the pandemic, but it's really just can't handle the fame. So I've just been pretty much hiding in my room. Yeah. Well, back back to the episode at hand. Uh, where where did we leave after uh, Nick's response? Have we talked about consumer versus the enterprise and um, and what enterprise you, you taught you you touched on that with with chat um, consumer and the enterprise? You wanna do you wanna talk about it a little bit more? Yeah, I think maybe the overall approach to how we look at the how we engage the end user that is really well understood in in the consumer experience. You know, like bringing people on a journey with with an application or with an interface, and that's another area that we can learn in the uh, enterprise space. So it's it's really a we're trying to match the consumer user experience ultimately. That's what we're trying to do. But there's varying degrees of maturity around that, of course. Hmm. Um, what do you see for trends of what's coming up? Um, I, you know, I know that analytics UX is near and dear to your heart. Um, look, any thoughts on on that versus uh, any other fields or practices? Yeah, I I think there, that's the one of the biggest potential. We've you know, like like many modalities, we've figured out the technical size of it to a degree. There's great technology out there for improving data quality, data cataloging, data governance, all these good things, very, very important. But the, we, we still struggle with that last mile. The, the last 10% of delivery of insight to people. And, you know, there are, there are some um, notable, uh, you know, developments there, but across the board, there's still some work to be done for sure and just getting people fully engaged with data you know and then there's things that pop up around that like data literacy data culture and the kind of people approaches and the change management approaches to support that but there's there's still more for the software to do around user experience yeah and you do a a lovely job if i might say um with the analytics ux and putting things out in front of folks so that it's consumable and you can get insights um i'm surprisingly impressed um with what is a very high bar for my expectations of what you produce wink wink <laughs> i see that i you know it's it's the what i would put it down to is as you know like i, I have a background in user experience mm-hmm. and i think for people who have the ux background it seems like there's very rich fertile ground for user experience in analytics mm-hmm. and and just because it's been so unexplored so even just a small amount of that has big impacts in in the space. Oh wow! Sorry, I just got a ding. Webvan now wants to uh, sponsor us as well. We are just—I mean, the the cream of the crop is just beating. I, what is the saying? Beating the something to our door. I don't know what the saying is. Uh, who cares? Yeah, I think that's that's the right way to go. Well, I, I think that uh, I think that wraps us up. Courtney, really appreciate your input today. Offline, you and me will talk about how we can coach Nick on co-hosting this. Um, uh, but why don't we uh, say goodbye? Can't wait till next time. Uh, my name's Ethan Silvers. I'm Nick Kelly. Thank you for joining us on Between Two Consultants.
You've been listening to Logic 2020's Between Two Consultants. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you can get each episode delivered directly to your favorite podcast app. To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com. You can also find us, Nicholas Kelly and Ethan Silvers, on LinkedIn. So give us a follow. See you next time. Bye.